Hello, peoples, and welcome back to another episode of Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. I am your host for the day, Ryan Seabold, coming at you with another I Got Five on it five-minute mini-review, keeping you nice and warm at night while we prep season three. Today's film shows us what a dystopian three-way might look like and asks the question, are you a replicant or replicant? That's right, we're talking about 2017's Blade Runner 2049. Directed by Slowburn Master, Denny Villeneuve, Google has this summarized as Officer K, played by Ryan Gosling, a new Blade Runner for the Los Angeles Police Department, unearths a long-buried secret that has the potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. His discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard, played again by Harrison Ford, a former Blade Runner who's been missing for 30 years. Basically, it's a bunch of new robots looking for outdated old robots that are no longer robot-y enough to be in the robot club. Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Coming in at a budget of about 150 to 160 million dollars, Denny Villeneuve was quoted as saying this might be the most expensive art house movie ever made and almost sunk his career, which is bananas because this is without a doubt my favorite Denny Villeneuve movie ever made. I was shocked to find that I actually like this more than the original. Hot take. I know the original Blade Runner is cited as being one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. I would definitely put it in the top 10. Uh, I don't think it's my favorite. I like this one better. It felt like you were moving along. From the trash dumps of San Diego to the neon-soaked, hyper-saturated, orange radiation-fueled Las Vegas, we were going places. City to city, we were moving around, and you never felt stagnant. The original kind of tended to feel a little bleak and gray, and I know that's what they were going for with the dystopian feel of it all and the future uh, being hopeless and all of that, uh, but still, this uh, definitely had all those elements while still keeping things moving along and giving me something fresh to look at at all times. This was an odd one. It was definitely the biggest and smallest film I've seen in a while. The cinematography by Roger Deakins and production design by Dennis Gasner fleshed out these larger-than-life landscapes. Roger Deakins won his first Best Cinematography Award for this film after being nominated a total of 13 times prior, and I'll say, give the man three Oscars for this film. It was that good. The production design of Dennis Gasner as well fleshed out these big, huge landscapes and cities to make them feel lived in and worn down, but at the same time so bright and vibrant with these synthwave, neon-soaked vibes. But at the same time, rarely are there more than three characters on screen at any given moment. That really played up on the loneliness and isolation of the human condition, amped up what dystopia feels like, but at the same time let these cities and landscapes really act as a character all their own in the film. And because there's only two or three characters on screen at any given moment, this whole movie played out kind of like a Raymond Chandler detective story. It was almost more of a whodunit as Officer K went from city to city, character to character, asking him questions, finding out clues which led him to the next location, etc., etc. There was a lot of Humphrey Bogart things going on here. I really, really enjoyed that element of it. Now let's get to the acting. Ryan Gosling is perfect in this role. Usually I find him as handsome and charming as someone like Paul Newman, mixed with the stoic performances of someone that really has to take a shit and just needs to get out of there. But in this film, his stoic performance as a bioengineered replicant really worked for me. In his star-crossed romance between him and Anna DeArmas, playing computer program, turned mistress slash best buddy Joy, uh, that really worked for me as well, and their star-crossed ending at the very end really landed home and resonated with me without giving away too much. Sylvia Hoax plays our antagonist of the film as emotionless replicant love, and I gotta say, that was fantastic too. She is violently aggressive, keeping her foot on the gas as she stays hot on the heels of Officer K, and she makes even the slowest moments of this film seem pretty intense. 
Now, I'm a little torn on Harrison Ford's performances anymore. It always seems like he's kind of an older curmudgeon that would rather be on his farm in Wyoming. In this film, it just kind of fit. It kind of seems like this whole film was written around that exact fact as he plays an aging Rick Deckard who's been hiding out for 30 years and just wants to be left alone. I wish there was a little more Harrison Ford Ryan Gosling in this film. That's a sentence I never thought I'd say out loud, but their dynamic was done very well. Gosling's Officer K shows up about halfway through, meets Deckard, and has to convince him to go back and confront his past to solve this whole unraveling story. You also have appearances by Jared Leto, Robin Wright, even Edward James almost shows up for a little bit. But I'll tell you, a lot of these characters don't even share any screen time. It's a very small film played against a very large landscape and story. It was a very weird thing to watch, but it really worked. My three adjectives are Synthwave, from the opening scene of the solar farm that Dave Bautista lives on, to the hideout of Neander Wallace, played by Jared Leto, the neon-soaked streets of Los Angeles, and the orange radiation-filled Las Vegas. This movie just keeps getting bigger and brighter and better, and it was a feast for the eyes. My eyes were bleeding by the end of it. I love this movie. Next up is Who Done It. Like I said before, this plays out like a Humphrey Bogart-style detective story. Uh, not what I was expecting at all, and yet I really, really enjoyed it. I thought the small intimate whodunit side of things played against these larger than life landscapes was the best way you could do this. And uh, it just kept me interested and I couldn't wait to see more until the movie was over and the credits were rolling and I was bummed out. By the way, this is a very, very long movie. So for me to say that is saying something. Also, Bonfire. This is a slow burn like Denny Villeneuve has always made. From Arrival to Sicario to Dune, this movie, all his movies seem like they're just kind of slow burns that burn for a long time and end up raging at points and simmering down. Uh, it's a bonfire. His movies are always bonfires, but they're good films, and this is probably his best. This, to me, is Denny Villeneuve firing on all cylinders with cinematography by Roger Deakins, the production designed by Dennis Gasner, the music by Hans Zimmer. I don't know if I mentioned that, but this is just... The best he could do. I don't know how you top this. Dune was good. This was better. My grade rating for this film is a solid A. This is a great movie. I am shocked I took me so long to watch this. Super bummed out. If you're out there listening to this mini review thinking to yourself, I should probably watch that. The answer is yes. Go out and watch it tonight. With all that said, that's my mini review for Blade Runner 2049. We are working hard on season three. Release date coming soon. In the meantime, join us next week with another mini review right here on Esoterica Cinema.